we'll just get started then and everything else just a free-flowing conversation i'm not trying to like have total it's not really an interview it's just more of a conversation between three dudes you know we are we are kind of crude at times i don't know if that bothers you Sometimes we say off the wall stuff. Your <laughs> language is okay. I don't know. I mean, just no, anything dude, goes. I'll, I will so. leave if a single bad word is said. Well, shoot. <laughs> I've heard you. I've heard you say bad words. Come on, man. <laughs> I will hang up the phone. Yeah. I'm done. You guys are so unchristian. I can't handle you anymore. So today's guest is Bill Ottman. From he's the CEO and co-founder of Minds. Um, I've been trying to get him on for a little while. He's a busy, busy man, as you might suspect. And we just wanted to pick his brain, not so much about Minds, because he's done that interview a thousand times, and we're not those people, <laughs> clearly. So let me go ahead and run the intro. We will meet you on the other side. You're listening to the Unframe of Mind Show, the place to have the most mind-stretching, unprotected intellectual intercourse of your life. Your hosts battle the forces of evil by lobbing fiery balls of truth, reason, and evidence over safe room walls. Right, and welcome back to another episode of the Unframe of Mind Show, where we have uncomfortable conversations without a condom. I'm your host, Daniel Wagner. Anthony Trawick. And we are going to have yet another one of these conversations. Um, it's 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 a, something that's kind of been in the back of my mind for a while, and it's a struggle that we've had for quite some time, and, and we'll end up asking Bill about this later on as the interview gets going on. But the, the biggest struggle we're finding is getting people off of the main social media networks onto some some alternatives that are clearly superior alternatives and offer the exact solutions that people gripe about all the time i didn't want to leave my space yeah i know and you're, you're st- i'm still having a hard time getting you <laughs> off that platform so let, let's let's bring in our guests for the day and uh like to introduce y'all to bill mr mr ottman morning hi ho hi ho all right so um i guess let's just start with the vital statistics just tell people who you are what you do why should people give a shit what you have to say <laughs> <laughs> i do a lot of stuff yeah i, I, I build Minds, build open source tech, working on all of that good decentralization stuff on a daily basis, going through, you know, madness and rabbit holes of of bugs and features and product dev. And so that's like my day to day. I'm lucky enough to be able to do it from my house, which is which is awesome. And I nice. like to, you know, carry my baby around and take walks and play guitar and make art and have talks, talk shit. <laughs> That's what I do. There's that language again. Come okay. on, Bill. Okay. All right. So I asked you what you do and you just described basically my life. So <laughs> like, I feel like you're spying on, you know, I play guitar too. I, I, I've been playing for a while. I prefer to sing. So maybe if you could just play guitar for me, that'd be great. And, yeah, let's, and, and I'll let's sing. Do a- it'd be awesome. So let's kind of take this back. Where, where are you originally from? Your family, you know, are you originally from, you're from Connecticut, correct? Yeah, I'm from, I was actually, I'm in Norwalk. That's where I was born. I grew up around here. It's like an hour outside the city and went to school in Vermont, was there for like 10 years being crazy Mm -hmm. and, you know, writing and organizing music festivals. And then I moved back down here, organized some more music festivals, worked at a it's really cool one called gathering of the vibes in Connecticut, which is huge. It gets like, you know, 30,000. Well, it's not happening anymore, but 30,000 people for a weekend, a lot of like wow. funk and kind of grateful dead type type music. Hmm, that's and awesome. 
then I just, you know, in like 2011, started Minds in its early forms and have been, I lived in New York City for a while, doing it from there. Now I'm back here because why do you want to be there? It's so stupid. Um, <laughs> it's so, so stupid to pay the same amount for a prison cell that you pay for a house with a yard and nature. So that's oh, where absolutely, I'm at. Yeah. So for, for those of you who are not familiar with Minds, it's basically an alternative to Facebook social media. It's, it's, it's supposed to be more of a decentralized platform. And for those of you who don't know what that means, it just means that it's not as controlled as, say, Facebook. And I don't have... You know, it's more of a community-based kind of thing. They don't have that grip on what you're saying and doing right, as much. Right, right. You know? And, and uh, like, I, I don't, I don't want to have you on to just talk about what Minds is. So, you know, if, if anybody's interested in that, you know, you can find Bill Altman on a thousand million other interviews explaining that. And you can even go to Minds.com and find out for yourself and experiment it with yourself. And here's, here's the problem, though. Did you just say experiment with yourself? Experiment with yourself. <laughs> you did. I, did I say caught that. that. Yes. You're not going to edit that out. Fact, You're going to keep that in the show. A matter of fact, that's one thing I like about Minds is you can go to Minds and end your feed. If you want boobs in your feed, you can have boobs in your feed. You know we, what I'm saying? We all love boobs. I mean, there's nothing wrong with getting on there and seeing a bunch of Jewish conspiracy theories and a bunch of modern day, you know, propaganda. And then you, and then you just boobs. And then beyond, and after that, it's Boobs over. just make it better. That's all. <laughs> Was that your original goal with Minds, just to be able to have boobs in your social media feed? He's a boob, man. Come on. Well, to be honest, I did in the beginning realize that there was this weird rift in the internet where if you look at like the top 100 websites, yeah. you've got like big social networks and porn. And it's sort of like this elephant in the room where why are those two separate things? It's not that I like want it like, I don't even watch porn, really. Um, it sneaks into the feed. Once me, in a while. Me, meanwhile, his his wife is six feet off camera with her arms crossed and toe tapping. She got that little that, that, that little squint no, eye. I literally, I literally don't. I, I mean, I used to, and then I, you know, I actually started checking out the whole nofap thing, and it it works, dude. It works. I have it, heard about that. It's serious that. shit, and I recommend people investigate, but. I, you know, even Twitter allows porn now, which is like, really you can see hardcore yeah. porn on Twitter. Yeah, I did not know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you got to go searching for it, but it's there. So, you know, I think that that is just a, a artificial rift that doesn't need to exist. And, you know, having the full spectrum of speech in a network made sense to me. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the, the idea that I can go on Facebook and see somebody get shot in the head multiple times. But I can't see something as perfectly natural as boobs. <laughs> Come on. That didn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah. So one of the biggest struggles we've had personally is getting people off of those other major social networks. Uh, and, and I just didn't know if maybe you could give some kind of advice, tips, or what have you found that works? Or you know, I do not that have is... tips. I don't try to convince people at this point. I, I think that actually the best advice I could give is don't try to get them to leave casually it and honestly this this is the approach that i found even when talking about controversial topics in general talking about conspiracy theories talking about anything that's like a sensitive issue if convincing people does not work no. you can't it and if it, it, even if you're able to make it work it's sort of done in vain and they don't no one feels really good about the interaction you know, okay. you don't want to feel like you just force someone to do something they don't really want to do. They feel it's like they're helping you out. It's like no one's helping me out 
you know, joining minds. Like I, I don't need favors. I, it's mm-hmm. like you either want care about your freedom on the internet or you don't. And I feel like talking about it passionately, acting like you don't care if other people come, it's reverse psychology. It just, mm. it, that's what makes people want to get involved with it. So maybe there's even a, you know, way to campaign that, like telling people not to come. Oh, <laughs> so that's... That they come. we I love it, know. but don't use it. Yeah, please don't use this. <laughs> Oh my God, that's that. That is, and that makes sense because it just seems like you you'll get a couple people over that are like your big fans and whatnot, and they'll they'll yeah. use it for a little while or whatever. But you know the interaction is just not there when yeah. you have people come over, like you said, against. And it makes sense. I didn't. Even, I I can't believe I didn't think about that because I I'm in the uh, the business of trying to change people's minds and open people's minds to other things. Hence, on frame of mind to to get people to see new ideas, and that has been one of the biggest struggles is trying to trying to get people to see past their own biases and see, you know, other alternatives and, you know, other solutions to problems that are constantly plaguing them. And it's like trying to, trying to, you know, hit a brick wall with your face and it's just not working. Mm-hmm. It's, so mm-hmm. it makes sense that even that would fall under that category of, you know, that difficult transition. Yeah. And I, I mean, if you're having a political conversation with family, you're talking about something controversial. I just, you know, because back in the day I used to be just, evangelizing stuff like trying to talk about what's really going on in the world you know surveillance all you know talking about all these important issues passionately trying to convince people to to think this way it just doesn't work like i just noticed the reactions i would get were like like i don't really want to talk to you and then (laughs) you know when you stop caring it's like people want to talk to you suddenly it's like it's it's the weirdest thing isn't it? it's playing hard to get it honestly is just that's just how psychology works i don't know hmm. that is interesting so maybe if we stop like caring about our followers suddenly we'll get followers what do you think we'll start caring we'll stop caring about our women stop caring about women yeah. and get women our women yeah our women <laughs> and get and get more women that's a great idea that's the, that that bridges so, into nofap so th- this is this is the lesson we've learned today thank you mr ottman that's all we needed we just needed some permission to treat our women like garbage so that way we'll get more women also when you invite <laughs> guests on Say, hey, do you not want to come on my show? Uh, see, now that's <laughs> works every time. That's probably why we had why I had such trouble getting you on. Now you were actually really easy to get on uh, once once I actually gave it some effort and found out. Oh, he's pretty accessible, so that's cool. And, and, and I like that your interaction with people. You make that a point to try to be pretty on point with engaging in conversation with people, and that was something I kind of learned about you um, through some of the other shows that you have been on. And I can appreciate that because getting people to, to keep their commitments and to actually engage in conversation, whatever it might be, you just don't see it anymore. You don't. And it's one of the things that we love about this show and what we do is, is we try to make the time for the people that do watch. We love talking to them, getting to know them. And it's gone to the point now to where um, we have a group page and we actually do Zoom calls immediately following our live shows. Because we want to get to know these people, you know, and eventually at some point, you know, if we get to a situation where we kind of blow up, you know, it's going to be harder to do. We'll just have to reconfigure. Yeah. Yeah. We just want to keep that core fundamental of of what we're about intact. You know, we want to keep our audience. We want to get to know them personally. 
And it's it's made a, a great community and a great relationship. And it's something I've kind of noticed with you know with you on minds. And yeah, every now and again, it's nice when you retweet one of my things, or you know, it's like oh, the the guy's actually he's he's part of the community. He's right. not like Zuckerberg from Mountain on High, you know, just inaccessible yeah. completely. Like it's it's. I mean, it doesn't make any any. But sense. I think I, when people learn that's how he is, I, that's where you don't have to convince anybody. That's where. You know, him being just him is going to bring people to minds. You see, you see what I'm saying? And he's not fapping, so you have plenty of time to interact with well, people. This so, is true. You know, yeah, I, I actually lose a lot of time in my day. Just, I, I am curious about that. I didn't know I was going to be curious about that before our conversation oh, started. Lord. No, no, I, I, mean, okay. I, I didn't. I didn't know, but I'm just curious because I have heard about this a few times. This this no fap idea, and you want to you want to explain what that is for people? Who yeah, know? I mean, it just has to do with not masturbating not not uh, yeah don't diddle your nutty parts man don't, no diddling and you know i'm not trying to come at it from any sort of like moral high ground or anything it's like he's doing I, that you know, he's doing both, that thing where he both, not to care both method both methodologies are um you know probably people finding value <laughs> we're on to you bill <laughs> you're pretending not to care reverse i get it i get it you really are no, passionate. No. i can tell you're yeah, really passionate so, about this no i mean it you just, you do feel more energy and, you know, it's particularly if you have a partner, it's like, why, if it's a healthy thing, like it just, you, you feel more energy, you feel better, you feel more disciplined, you know, you always feel sort of awful afterwards, you know, I, hmm. I, I, well, particularly for people who have a problem with it, you know, they start to feel like a lot of guilt and shame and I think that there's I don't know honestly even a lot about it all I know is that I you know it's been like a few years and it's like changed the game like it it, it just I just feel better that's regularly. A, that's a, incidentally you incidentally that was about the same time he started mine so I think I figured out what happened so i don't know but i i honestly do think that having a partner makes it a million times easier so oh sure oh yeah absolutely married and you know that and i've had a partner the whole time and actually that ended up being the woman that i married so it it did like the energy just it's like focusing energy and like you're focusing energy in your body and like i do honestly feel probably in dating that you you come off differently. I don't know. I'm not going to get esoteric with it, but <laughs> I think there's something going on. You think, think so, it's more, more like a confidence thing or more of a just... There's a confidence you know, thing. There's a, a chi thing probably. I, I, I don't know what it does to your brain. There, there has to be a, a, an impact on your on neurological state by... I imagine it has something do, to do with maybe like you feel like you're in control of yourself more so... And therefore, you feel more confident because of it. And, you know, maybe there's something to that. But he's also yes. preserving that for that specific person he's with, though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, he's kind of making that a little bit more intimate. I always wonder. No, I mean, it's not. It, no. Yeah, it, it, can, it can be about that. But I know a lot of people who do it and just with dating, they'll only, you know, they, they, they won't jerk off. But then they like will hook up with women and, it, you know, makes it their success rates go, go up. Like if you look into the movement and the, and the guys who are like really all about it, they claim that they, they do get a lot more 
girls. Hmm. Well, it's definitely not. something to, something to look into for sure. I don't know. <laughs> not, I never. I've I've heard it mentioned know, in passing. I'm studying so many different things, so it's hard to keep track. There's of There's a cool interview but. with this guy. Do you know that guy Loud on uh, YouTube? No, in no, Hales uh-uh. or something. He does. He does. A, did a cool interview with this this guy who's all into nofap and. Andrew Hales has a hilarious YouTube channel where he he started off just walking up to girls and walking up to people and just being just doing the weirdest stuff like asking them to marry him and you know hidden cam type type stuff yeah or in it, it's 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 a it's a really the hidden cam channels are crazy there's this other one called what whatever and they just they did this one that I saw where they asking a hundred people if they want to have sex right now. I've seen those. Yes. I've seen those. Yeah. yeah. And it was like a girl doing it versus a guy doing it. Yes. And like oh my the God. guy gets like one girl to say yes. Yep. And the girl gets like, Almost, all of them. Yeah. Almost <laughs> all of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, we all knew how that social experiment was going to work out, but to well, it, see it's, it played out in, in real time there. That's Well, the other ones that I've seen, too, is the one, the do, the gold digger challenge, oh, where the yeah. guy is, he's leaning up against, a, you know, a pretty shitty car, but then right, part right next to it's a Lamborghini, yeah. and the girl, you know, walks by, and he's leaning up this crappy car, and then as she's walking by, you know, he's trying to pick her up. And then they get to talking. He's trying to take her out on a date. And she's like, no, nah, I'm not really feeling it. And then as he's leaving, he's going to get in the Lamborghini. And all of a sudden, she's like, well, I kind of, is that, is that your car? Yeah, maybe I got time to do lunch. I'm thinking, oh, man, I love those. They're great. Yeah, I don't yeah, know if that, you've seen those. Vitalized, vitalized guy. He's, he has a pretty crazy channel. But, yeah. like, the whatever channel does this, this crazy stuff, too. Like, there's this girl who's so funny pin camera she just will walk up to people in a library and just start staring at them and just standing there staring at them (laughs) not saying a single word and just drawn out these drawn out scenes and watching how the people react when someone just walks like an attractive girl walks up and is just standing there staring at them it's really really interesting social experiments I that's, love that's those. Weird. Yeah, I because, love those. Because it, it's uh, somebody was talking about that. Is is uh, some guy was like really weirded out, but people are staring at me and all that. And the chicks are like, "Yeah, now you understand how it feels like to be a woman every day." It, it's kind of like walking into Walmart at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you know, you just never know what you're going to end up seeing. No, so not at all, not at all. That would be weird. Just having somebody come up and just stare at me. I don't know. I'd, I I I feel like I'd go up and I'd like be like, "Hey." Uh, but it's no different. That it's no doing? different than, than yeah. the mask thing that we plan on doing. Yeah. Wearing this mask and then just walking around like we're shopping and we're a couple, yes. you know, and people just staring at us in a very. So what what our plan is coming up here, is, and this interview may come out after that. I don't know. Anyway, I've got some plague doctor masks yeah. because we have a mask mandate in the area, <laughs> and we're gonna dress like full cosplay type, you know. Yeah. And we're gonna go into Walmart and start shopping like a married couple. Like we're gonna go to the baby food section and, and, and start looking at diapers and comparing like new furniture, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And then just leave and just kind of see what comes of it, you know, that that kind of thing. Are so, you gonna yeah. film it? Oh yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, that's nice. the goal. You want to come film it for us? I mean, we need. <laughs> we're looking for somebody to hold a camera, you know. Where Where are you? We're in Nashville area. Nashville. It, it'll be a little bit of a trip. That'll be fine. Have you ever been to Nashville? No, I need to, man. Oh, you got to get out here, dude. Yeah. It's it's great. Uh, I don't know. I mean, as much yeah. as you're into the into the you know into the music festivals, you know, yeah. we got Bonnaroo out here. We got the uh, the CMTs. Oh wait, no, I have been. Yeah, because I went to Bonnaroo. Um, yeah, so I've been through, but I haven't like hung out 
in Nashville. Like I've been yeah. to the airport. Yeah, I went to Bonnaroo like three times. I was obsessed oh, with Bonnaroo. So jealous. When I, <laughs> when I was, uh, I went to like uh, the first, not the first one, but like the three, the second, third, and fourth. And right. I was like 17, 16, 17, and just like going by myself or like with a couple friends. And it was wild, it man. Is. I was, to- that was before music festivals kind of got, started to get a little bit more annoying. Yeah. But it was, it was like, it was this whole other civilization. Now I've, I've never personally been to a music festival. I've, I've always wanted to go to Bonnaroo. It's well, just it's too, in, too costly for me to go. Well, it's a, you can do a day pass and it's in Manchester. It's not too far from, no, I know from it's, you. I know it's just down the road, right. but what do you, what do you mean by it became the music festival started becoming annoying? What do you mean by that? Um, they just started getting more corporate, more, um, just like super wasteful and like it's supposed to be expensive, I don't know part, expensive <laughs> well the expensive yeah but I don't know just like people I, I I really liked the party component early on but then it just became this sort of like corporate machine just like ripping through towns and you know all the people there are just like wow party trip like not like trying to there's so much potential for crowds yeah. to me. And that's like something that I'm on the side, like really interested in partially through minds for sure. But like the power of crowds, like doing stuff together and like going to music festivals, incredible experience, just being in a crowd like that. Right. But the fact that the impact is so like gross, even just like on the environment and just like people just like trashing, trashing the place and no one cares. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't really like that at a certain point. It makes sense. It's I feel like crowds, crowds could, you know, let's make contact with aliens. Like, let's not just like rip through. (laughs) It kind of reminds me like what you're talking about. reminds me like one of my favorite bands for the longest time was Kings of Leon before Mm. they became famous. And I see the same progression because I listen to a lot of indie rock and a lot of lesser known bands. Mm -hmm. And then next thing you know, when they become famous and now they're putting out an album every year and that's that corporatist kind of uh, commercial feel. It's like you don't feel the soul of the music anymore. And it's like, what what happened to it? Like, you know, I don't like anything new from Kings of Leon in the last few years. Well, and that's one of the reasons why I listen to a lot of independent artists. Um, I listened to Ryan Upchurch. I don't know if you're familiar with him or not. He does the whole country uh, rap, and he just released a, a full country album. And to me, it's just, you know, these are the artists like Tom McDonald and, you know, and a few others, um, like Struggle Jennings, Wailing Jennings is, you know, grandson. And, you know, these are guys that are really just keeping it about the music. Yeah. And they're just not a part of that industry. And I love that about them because they haven't changed. If anything, they're just getting better because they're not with the label. You know, that corporate America is not telling them what to do and what to put out and what they can sing about and what they can't sing about. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of nice. And it's one of the reasons why I like Bonnaroo is because, and I've, I've only been once and that was back when Metallica was here. And, but you get to see so many different collective groups of, of uh, genres of music that you've just, never even heard of before and it's just like exposing you to that now the headlines go for like 30 people that you're like shit i know everybody you know i kind of want to go to a music festival where i don't know anybody that that's that's the cool element about it that i just simply enjoy you know so but yeah, yeah you well, need to get to nashville dude because there's i don't mean to interrupt you but there's so many live venues here um 
Yeah, just take like a couple of days, come down, check it out, Broadway and, you know, Second Avenue. You would have a good time. I think yeah, all would. the live events that are happening right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right now. Yeah, They're booming, man. I'm telling yes. you. <laughs> Dude, we were going to do a huge Minds event, uh, festival music and like conversations and sort of mm-hmm. like a podcast festival with performances as well at, at a undisclosed epic venue in New York City mm. and... Broadway still shut down and we, you know, it, it actually, we took it, we took a pretty big hit on, mm. on the whole thing, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if the live event industry is even, it's going to take a really long time for it to recover. It's, it's terrifying actually. That really yeah. sucks. There's a lot of people out there that did this for a living. I, I know a buddy of mine, he, he fortunately has other work he does in, in that capacity but as far as him doing his music, he doesn't get to get out and play anymore. And that's where a lot of musicians, because of the way the new uh, the new model works, is you kind of have to be out playing, selling merch and selling, you know, yep. for you to actually be able to make a living off of it. Well, it's no different than David Meesey, the, the freelance photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, he used to um, photograph for Playboy for more than 20 years. And we had him on the show talking about his struggles with freelancing during this whole COVID thing. You know, same thing with artists. They really kind of depend on this stuff. And, yeah, I mean, CMA, you know, was it CMT Fest was or CMA Fest was canceled. Bonnaroo was canceled and everything was canceled. So, so how's, just, it, how's it affected you personally, yeah. this, this whole COVID situation? Anything? I mean, I how, mean you yeah. know, we're a very remote distributed team. So it didn't, other than that event, which we were planning, which we had invested a bunch of resources into planning and mm-hmm getting a ton of really awesome speakers and and artists. We didn't pay everybody, but we did like throw down a deposit and, you know, lost that. And hopefully we can reschedule it. And I think they're going to be open to that, but I just don't even, I'm not even going to be confident moving forward on doing events until we start seeing sold out shows at big venues in New York, because why would we want to invest in something where people are still too scared to even go like yeah. we did a really cool live event with uh myth informed and uh like tim pool and you know we all partnered up and we did one in philly and we sold out like you know uh we ended up doing it in a casino actually because we got deplatformed at this theater <laughs> Imagine that. That, that makes sense that you would get a sold out event for that kind of thing because people tend to be on that side of the political spectrum not as scared of the covid so they're more willing to come out so it's kind of the perfect, well, this, perfect this audience was, for that. Th- this was way before COVID. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Right. okay Sorry, okay. I, I was. Yeah, I this was you. like this was. I don't. It was in like August, um, and we had like, you know, Dankula and Tim and Daryl Davis and Sargon and. Oh man, a, I would love to meet a Darryl, bunch of really Darryl cool uh, speakers, and we had some crazy conversations, and you know, Antifa basically was calling it what they call everything, which is white nationalist rally. Yeah. And (laughs) basically the the fact that clearly none of these people are that, but they just don't listen. And despite the fact that we had Daryl Davis there, who is literally, do you guys know him? Oh yeah. 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 Very familiar with him. All right. So Daryl, you know, he had, I, I, I interviewed him for like the headline. It was epic, sold out people standing ovation. It was amazing. Wow. You know, they were calling him a white supremacist. It's That's like, I'm sorry. That is just, like, just a, I just, yeah. I just want to go through with like, just like, 
slap everyone. <laughs> like we were walking, walking down to the after party at this place called uh, Human Village in like a town outside. And there was Antifa protesters there. And Daryl's walking by and it's just like, wow, you guys don't want to, you, they just don't even want to know what's going on. They, they don't, they're, they're unable to engage in the most basic communication. Yeah. I, I, the way I keep describing it with people is a, a calcified lens they're wearing. Like mm. their, their lenses are on their face so hard that they've actually calcified to their face. They, they cannot see. And I, and I, and I, I've gotten to the point where if I start having a discussion with somebody and they start spewing, you know, CNN talking point lines, line after line, after line, after line, I'm like, I'm not going to take the time to try to rebut every one of those. You're clearly got your calcified lenses on. I'm out. Like I, you drank too much Kool-Aid for me to even have any hope to help you out. You know, did you see the CNN headline that screenshot this morning? It was going around. I have not. I just got up and started. uh -uh. Okay. All right. All right. It says fiery, in the background, flames. It goes, fiery protests are mostly peaceful. <laughs> are you serious? I'm serious. Oh, my, oh my I got to find I'm, that. <laughs> and there's, there's flames behind, the, behind them. Fiery protests, mostly peaceful. You know, I've, I've heard it said that O.J. Simpson was mostly peaceful. <laughs> <laughs> How, For the entire day. I, I, I just, Before it he blows, it, look, it blows my mind that CNN is even considered relevant at this point as much. Oh, I mean, not. just the, the fact that Nick Sandman trolled the hell out of CNN oh, on the, the Republican, huh? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, just the, the Republican um, National Convention, you know, with him giving a speech inside of the story and talking about what was happening and, and the way that, yeah, you I know, did, the I networks had really just brought this kid down i mean it, it was a sad situation and then for him at the very end just to pine a you know slide on that maga hat it was just like that that little jab right into cnn you know but no i've got to check out that headline i have not seen that of course now i just i got off from work you know a couple hours ago and then came straight here to the studio and you know and waited uh for you to come on and because your phone had died and here we are <laughs> It's been a busy morning. Yeah. Needless to say, but yeah, we're definitely checking that out. That's hilarious. That, what say? What say that with fiery, fiery protests, protests are mostly peaceful. Are mostly peaceful. That's funny. I I, I don't even fiery know. Fiery Like, how do you argue that? I mean, how how? Uh, I'm I'm I'm. Yeah, you couldn't if if you wrote a fiction dystopian fiction novel. Honestly, it it would almost come off as like going too far yeah forced yeah. forced like yeah this no yeah. this no yeah <laughs> like it makes 1984 look like wow this is this is crazy now are that, you are uh, you big into politics at all i mean what's your what's your political background i guess i should ask now this, before, I sorry be, before you answer what, that it is yeah. interesting it just dawned on me like we've had this conversation this far getting along great hadn't even crossed my mind where you might lie on the political spectrum does not even enter my thoughts no, so it's, uh-uh. it's kind of interesting how different people i mean are. honestly i well and i actually i don't even take that question as as i th- i think the way you posed it was the right way because you you weren't like asking me which team i'm on you were more asking like your politi- what's, political what's, spectrum. what's your background yeah, yeah. With, with where you're coming from on it as a like because people want to know who you're voting for it's like that's not even the question like i'm yeah. not that question no. does i don't process that question that answers nothing i mean no, that's the like ask, imagine the answer yeah. imagine asking tim pool 
who he's voting for, he says Trump, and then you just automatically assume everything about him. No, he's a freaking liberal, <laughs> you know, it's self-proclaimed Democrat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was a big move for him to uh, to. But but I think that, again, he's a nuanced guy and he's, you know, he's taking a, a bold stance and trying to explain to people that you can still be liberal and do that. And I think yeah. that that is a valuable um, perspective that, that people need to hear. You know, I would I, I'm not voting for Trump. I'm not voting. I don't vote. I've never voted for a Republican or Democrat. Um, that's not I not to say that I never would, but I have there hasn't been one that I can align with. You know, I've, I, I go both. I'm, I'm, I'm not left, right centric. I I go on with individuals or, you know, don't participate. Um, and, and just the but, fact that you don't necessarily commit to a side or the other makes you a racist somehow makes you somehow the enemy makes you a white supremacist makes you all the dirty names we can call you because you don't you don't agree with every single talking point of this progressive social justice warrior left it doesn't like i know but the funny thing is that they're so fragmented that you know the most of the real progressives would never vote for Biden and Kamala Harris. And right. so actually it's like sort the, of like the Jimmy Dore types. Yeah. Jimmy Dore types, uh, you know, Lee camp, those kinds of people, right, Abby right. Martin and, Oh, I love Abby Martin. Yeah. She's awesome. She, yeah. and, and so there's this weird situation where the far extremes, you know, almost try to like, they in a way are like subliminally controlling the establishment in a weird way but also they totally disagree on so much stuff like it does seem like antifa and um blm are like controlling the narrative in a way and they're obviously on an you know pretty extreme end of ideology but you know the more establishment like neoliberals neocon like the they are afraid to diverge from that too much, even though the people on the far left don't support Biden. It's it, I don't even get it. Yeah, honestly, yeah. It, the, the whole, there's no you're not going to find a logical pattern necessarily. I, I think there are certain patterns to look at, but there's not like consistency with the way that radical ideologues behave. So, so out of curiosity, have you met anybody ever who's voting for Biden that's not an anti-Trump vote? Like, who actually wants Biden's policies? I have yet to meet somebody that's like, yeah. I don't even know what Biden's policies are. I love Biden because of his policies on this and his... Never. Not once. He's a great sniffer. There's an interesting group of people, like, if you look at someone like Sam Harris or... Um, there's this guy that he interviewed who co-hosts a podcast, Kara Swisher. And so Kara Swisher is like this Vox journalist and a tech journalist who's, who is pretty legendary, but also a troll. So Sam Harris interviewed this guy, Scott Galloway, who, so Harris, Harris is super anti-Trump. Because, oh, yeah, you know, I've, I've he, heard. <laughs> he, he sees and honestly, he, he's anti-Trump for a lot of reasons that I am as well. Like I'm a little bit more 
open to seeing some of the good in what Trump is capable of to, of doing. But the reasons that Sam dislikes Trump are the same reasons that I do, because I do feel like he does lie and, and that he is, is opportunistic. And, you know, he, he's, he's a, he's a Las Vegas businessman. Business yeah. I mean, I, I'm just, know. I'm trying to imagine like, anybody who in their right mind who's not opportunistic even having the desire to run for president like it kind of it almost comes as a prerequisite for wanting to run for president that well, obviously look at kanye west <laughs> yeah opportunistic yeah. as i'll get out yeah yeah yeah, yeah for sure and they, being opportunistic is not necessarily good or bad but i i, I think that he, there are very valid critici- criticisms and you know there's valid fear of you know trump's vices and right you know get like so scott galloway is like a super successful tech business guy who is is much more left and would you know these are guys who do have their heads on their shoulders i think that they i don't know if they're pro biden the i i I align more with you know rogan on on the biden thing with just he's mentally incapacitated. Yeah. So yeah. I, that is actually more terrifying to me because he can't even talk. Yeah. You know, Trump has trouble talking and he, 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 sometimes he speaks well, but other times he repeats himself and just uses the word big a lot and is like very manipulative with mm-hmm. the So, so he, Trump's weird because he's, he's, he's an anomaly. He's, he's simultaneously super quitty and quick and, and witty, quitty. Um, Quitty. I like that. (laughs) But he's also sometimes like has these sort of breakdowns. So I don't know. I, I, I'm not voting for either of them. Yeah, there was there was it was uh, a video I saw that they played of Biden. Biden posted on his Twitter feed, and, and it looked so well produced, and like his speech was on point. It looked like it'd been rehearsed, or even I was going so far as to thinking it was a deep fake, like somebody else was. You know how they you've you've seen deep fakes where they take Obama and make him say some things he never said. And I had myself like almost. You were pretty convinced. I, well, I wasn't convinced yet, but I was like, "Man, this feels wrong. It feels like green screen." I'm asking Anthony. I'm asking all you know, uh, different editors and producers, and you know, hey, what do you what do you think? Is this green screen? People are like, "Yeah, that's definitely green screen." But um, Anthony ended up finding the original clip, and it's funny because I, I went through and I was watching the whole painful speech that he was given. It was an actual speech. It was real. It was just a slightly different camera angle with mm-hmm. a, a different camera, so it made it look like he was on green screen just talking. And it was weird because it was like, as I'm listening to this whole thing, and like I said, it was painful. That was the one 30-second clip he had in the whole thing where it sounded like he was speaking confidently and competently. Mm-hmm. And it was like they managed taking that one little clip and putting it on his Twitter feed and it makes him look great. But when you watch the rest of it, you're like, oh, my God, this guy is struggling. Even working. even uh, what was two years? It was a two year ago? No, it was a year ago. A, a, yeah. a year. It was, a, it was from a speech from a year prior from when he posted it. Yep. It was like... This guy, like you said, he just can't get a sentence out. He doesn't speak confidently on the subjects. You don't get that feeling of confidence and competence. Well, it kind of makes you you wonder what their motives are for pushing him to be the candidate, you know, you know, running for president. It almost seems like they have a they have a you know, they have an agenda here. Yeah. We're trying to get him into office. And it makes me wonder if there's something else not going on in the background that we're just not seeing, you know, hearing. I don't know. There was so many. Uh, did was when you when you were seeing earlier, Bill, the uh, 
people that were up for the uh, election, uh, was there any in particular that stood out to you as, yeah, I'd vote for that person, like Yang or anybody like you that? You can probably guess, yeah. I mean, I, it's because, look, dude, rational people depict themselves pretty well and accurately and so you've got yang and tulsi oh my god tulsi i yeah i was like tulsi dude if if she goes up against trump she will cream him she would have she would have like no doubt this i can agree to that one she speaks so like she knows her shit okay she really really knows her shit it's like man what what are they doing they they put that's Biden, what I'm saying. Uh, There's something going on as to why they they, they were pushing him. But it almost seemed like another another Obama term is what it seems like, you know. So. Yeah, and I, I it's easy to get conspiratorial with you know who's pulling the strings and mm-hmm. you know why they wouldn't want to go with coherent candidates. Like, I mean, Yang and Tulsi, you know, especially like together as yeah. like a duo, oh my God. have had a a huge opportunity. It had been over. Um, mm-hmm. But they can't be controlled. No, they can't be controlled. That's, but that's at the same time, it's like, you know, they are liberals. So they will, I mean, you know, Yang's pretty far out. I mean, he want, you know, UBI is pretty radical idea. I mean, a lot of even people like Elon Musk say that it's probably going to be necessary with automation. So even like capitalists are saying, look, we probably are going to have to consider something like this. I'm open, open to the idea, but it, I, I'm not convinced by it yet. But, you know, that's a pretty far left yeah. idea. Yeah. And literally which, the only way that you're going to figure out who actually should qualify for UBI would be a very, the, the, the very program that you would never, ever pass. You'd have to test people on IQ. I'm sorry. That's the only reason people wouldn't be able to compete in a society where the things are automated is because they have too low of an IQ to compete. Like the government, uh, when they hire people for the military, when they bring them on, they have to meet a certain level because under a certain IQ level, they they basically uh, unproductive or counterproductive to what they're trying to achieve. Mm. So that that's just never going to happen in a fair way. As uh, yeah. that's, I mean, I don't know if that's no, makes that makes sense. sense. No, it does or not. But no, it does. It yeah. does, and I I, I think that. There needs to be a much more rigorous. It's getting a little trendy to support UBI. Yeah, um, yeah, that's and, not. <laughs> and yeah, like maybe it can. I mean, it's already there. Already are mechanisms similar to UBI in mm-hmm. place. I mean, and then right. you know, for during the the COVID stimulus, we're starting to see what it's like a little bit. I a mean, little. everyone's getting checks. People are or getting like crazy unemployment i have i know people who are just milking it so so hard and they're yeah. making more than they were working yeah yeah there's so, no incentive for them to want to go back if they're making more nope. you know it's sitting at home nope all right well i tell you what i think it's running up against our time right now so i listen i appreciate you coming on and, and talking about these important issues and and giving people a little bit of a, a view into who the man is behind the uh, the project and stuff and and like i said mines is a great prod product and it's continuously evolving and i noticed you, you i was we were discussing the uh video platform the the uh porting all the videos over from youtube which is great it's it's is it's, it working for you now uh, i have not seen anything pop up in my feed just yet but um once it should yeah it's we there's like a quota on it that we get and so they should let's just stay in touch with it but yeah if for people who don't who don't know if you want to sync your youtube just um Go to minds.com slash minds. Yeah, for, a, for me, anything for me, anything that can that makes it a lot easier for me too. anything that can kind of cut down my my workflow 
because it's already enough work putting these things together and creating these videos and producing them, editing them and posting them. And then you got to go on all these like thousand different sites to upload them into your descriptions, enter your tags, enter mm-hmm. your, it's a lot of work. And I just kind of take, you know, it's not it's just the a, two of us. I mean, this yeah, is it. <laughs> I don't have a, a full team behind me to handle these things. So all the, all the content you see is coming from us. That's it. Yeah. That's where, um, so where we're at. That all that being said, it's just a lot. It's it makes it a lot easier where I can just upload to YouTube and it automatically ports over to Mines, and then I can interact from there. That makes it yeah. it makes it so much easier. I'd like to see personally. I'd like to see it set up more like a a YouTube. If that's going to be a almost a, like our videos are almost a separate thing from our main like social channel. If that makes sense. And I know you have it already set up like that for like the blog space, which is almost like a a medium competitor over here. And I don't. I know I don't use that as much. But that's because I use my website for that. So Are you talking about when we go live? No, I'm not talking about when we go live. No, I don't think you have a live stream. No, but thing we're looking yet. at this cool like decentralized live streaming platform called Live Peer. Hopefully we'll be able to start digging into that. We we are launching an epic, like uncensorable database layer soon. Hmm. Um which is that um, sounds like blockchain to me. Yeah, yeah, it's blockchain-ish, but it, and it won't be required, but soon there's going to be an option to post content to something that literally cannot get taken down, which has is, is a paradox in itself because it's also terrifying in a certain regard, but it, it, it's, it's like you have to pick, do you want content to be able to be burned to the ground or do you want the risk of stuff getting stuck in the if it can if it can be set up in such a way that i can go back personally as the original author of the content and remove that content in the future say i've got some stuff that really doesn't look good on me and i really kind of want to get rid of it you know maybe i've changed my views well that see that's unfortunately that's not the way that blockchains work uh, yeah i know it but so if if it can be set up but but again that's what we're just being super clear with and you'll, you, you'll see stuff about it soon, but super clear with the warning structure saying like, if you think that there's any chance that you will ever <laughs> run for office, <laughs> want to take this down, don't click this button, uh-huh. and, you know, cause you can delete stuff from mines. Um, and I, I, I do think that that control is really important, but that's the world we're moving into, man. I mean, think things are, um, think things are going to become more permanent and, that's even if it's done in like an ethical way, I, I, I think that that's just where technology is moving. There's, there's, it's, it's hard, even from a normal, like, into just, and I'll shut up very soon. But, you know, <laughs> no, you're good, man. <laughs> I wasn't worried. I'm enjoying about it, this, yeah. yeah. You're, you're, into, you're an interesting they're, they're, dude, you know? I, I appreciate the, the refreshing views, you know? I, I really do, because you know, it kind of gets, you almost start to, as try as you might, you almost get stuck in your own echo chamber and you try really hard. We try really hard to make sure that we're expanding beyond that at all times. Yeah. But yeah, this is refreshing. So, so Instagram, there was a scandal like last week where the content the users were d- deleting wasn't getting deleted for like over a year actually from their databases and wow. some hacker f- figured that out and it, it was actually like a bug i don't think that they necessarily intentionally meant for that to be happening but the right. way that even centralized databases work it's not so simple as just deleting something it, i mean it's similar it starts to get into you know the territory of physics where 
you know, you can't delete what you just did five minutes ago. You just did that. So if you're going around on the internet doing things, I mean, what do you think? You, like, you're, you did it. Yeah. It's, there's going to be a trace of it there. Even if you delete the content, there's still in databases, there's these things called tombstones and, and you know, there's all kinds of fingerprints that, are, that you leave around where you go. And so this idea that you have sort of an inherent right to, you know, pull down your data, I think that you should be, and we try to give people as much control as is technically possible to do that. But we also just have to reckon with the reality that guess what? If you do something, you do need to, at a certain point, take responsibility for doing that thing. Yep. You can't just like, you can't delete your past from what you did five minutes ago. You can't, why would you necessarily expect that you could do that from the internet? So it's, it's, almost, it's almost like there's uh, what you're talking about. It, it reminds me like all the different processes that go on after you post something such as push notifications where I may look on my notifications and see a, a, a post that somebody posted. It shows what it is, you know, at least a portion of it. Yep. And then when I click on it, it's like, oh, it's gone. They deleted it. But that artifact is still left behind until I click it. So I technically, trail. even though they deleted it, I could look at my notifications, take a screenshot of it. It still exists for all of eternity. There you go. Mm -hmm. That's a perfect yep. example. It's, it's all these cached versions of files, and they exist on all of these different um, CDNs. And so there's like, because there's all different, you know, and there's, it's cached in your browser. It's cached in other people's browsers. So there's all these different layers of where the data exists. And so, you know, ultimately it's just, I think about education people, you know, you start to, when you're on the internet, so, somehow you, it's easy to forget what you're doing and where you are mm -hmm. yeah, and that you have some sort of <clears throat> invincibility. And I think that a lot of trolls forget where they are and what they're doing. And so we're actually trying to work on some more visual cues for just helping people remember like what they're doing and that there's like humans over here, like <laughs> yeah. some sort of human indicator. Like there's a human behind, you know, on the other side of the screen here right. and you know, hopefully preventing troll mentality and also helping people, you know, obviously not telling people what to do or how to, how to express themselves, but that it, it's just when you forget that you're on the internet and you think you're just writing in your own personal diary, it, 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 it's definitely dangerous. Right on. Yeah. Let me, let me just add, I haven't really asked you about mines, um, but what does the future look like for the social media platform moving forward? Just trying to make it more competitive, man. I mean, we, I think we've come a long way with the design and, mm -hmm. and UX this year. And, but by the way, I appreciate the update to change the, uh, posting, uh, process recently because <laughs> it, it was like, do you want to text video? It was really over too much. <laughs> I noticed it got kind of changed back where it was a little more straightforward. Oh, for, com compared to, you know, you're talking about with the, the more major you, no, no, I'm talking about with mines. There was a recent update that no, I noticed where it's not no longer asking me to, to pick whether it's going to be a photo video or, you know, I can kind of select that as I go. 
Are you talking about on the app or on the, on the web? Uh, on the app, sorry. Yeah, on, on the, on the app. actual yeah, mobile yeah, yeah. app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I primarily use it on the app, um, and it's it's come a long way. And it's uh, anything that takes away less clicks for me is perfect. Like, I, mm. uh, that's one reason I don't much care for Parler because you got to like click like four or five times just to get a, a video. Whereas on say Twitter, it already kind of preloads my videos and, and photos when I click add video. It's right there. I just click it. And it's done. I don't have to go searching for it. So. Anything that reduces clicks makes it the, the ease of use yes. much better. That's a very that, that, that's a very strong recommendation. Mm-hmm. I think that we always need to be paying more attention to that less clicks. But I mean, dude, generally we're just trying to all the all apps are becoming the same thing at this point. So you know whether you're on Instagram or YouTube or Facebook or Twitter or TikTok or whatever the hell or or an alternative or mines <coughs> or mines. Yeah. Or mines or one of the other, or one of the others that you mentioned. You're I supposed mean, to say that. <laughs> no, that's our job. That's number Remember? one. That's the first one you say. He, he's the one that has to come up, you well, know, come I, across I was, and he's not interested. I was getting there. I was, I, I oh was yeah. Getting there. Oh yeah. Reverse psychology. You're not. Yeah. I was, I was, got it. I, I was more setting it up that like, if you look at the mainstream apps, yeah. they're all basically the same thing now. You know, you have stories, you have messenger, you have hmm. a feed, you have, it's all the same design basically right so i think that there's a lot of good decisions that they're making there's smart people there who know how to make smooth you know experiences and Mm -hmm. and that's you can't just hate on that there's there's, oh yeah absolutely they're big for a reason and so we're just bringing in more of the monetization the blockchain the, the the principles ends of things and just trying to to give users more rewards and more of um, a share of like what the network is producing. So we're, we're rolling out more rev sharing tools, more, um, but, but also just trying to make it smoother in the sense of mainstream to, 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 cause we're never going to be mainstream if we can't at least be on par with that, that standard. Right. And so I think getting to that place is, is really important. We made it and we made a lot of progress, but and that you know, problem ultimately, with- if people have the choice, yo, you have this awesome app that, but it spies on you and is super sketchy and you know censors you, mm-hmm. or you have this awesome app that doesn't do any of that and you get paid and all this other stuff. Like people will actually, even from a sense of human nature, start choosing alternatives. But it's never going to happen unless the basic features are just as good as the top apps. So mm-hmm. that's where our heads are, are at. And we're not just trying to copy them. Like we are bringing in unique encryption features and monetization and, and, um, uncensorability. But yeah, I can, I can imagine the server space is probably one of the biggest challenges you face. The decentralized server setup that you guys have. Is that accurate? Yeah. I mean, well, we're not like our main infrastructure is not actually, we're not fully decentralized. Anyone who claims they're fully decentralized is, is, is not. No, that, yeah, I got you. Real. So we do use servers um, for like, and, and we're bringing in this decentralized content situation, which I was just, just mentioning, which actually is cheap. It's actually cheaper than places like AWS and like different clouds. Right. So, um, yeah, man, we, I just appreciate you guys, uh, you know, being there and, and helping out and, 
Yeah. Let's do this yep. again. I, this is no really problem. fun. Yeah, I'll tell you yeah. what. I'll tell you what. If you want to tell people where they can find you, and uh, we'll wrap up from there. Oh yeah, that's real hard to find. Well, yeah, you're you're, you're pretty easy. So screw it. Go, you know what? People do your own research. I'm not even give you a chance. <laughs> Reverse psychology. You got it down. Yeah, you're we learning. Don't, we don't care. We don't care. <laughs> Bill, don't it was a pleasure me. having you on the show. Yeah, definitely don't follow me at minds.com slash Otman, and definitely don't follow these guys uh, at Unframe of Mind. Um, no, please don't. We don't want you here. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. All right. This is so, great. So y- y'all been watching the Unframe of Mind show where we have uncomfortable conversations without a condom. And this has been a pretty fun one, man. I, I didn't expect that, to, to be honest, out of Bill. I, I mean, just the, the, the range of topics that can come up out of somebody. It's just three dudes just hanging out conversation. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because you like kind of get a view of somebody on their online presence and you have no idea. No. And I hate when people do that. They assume they know everything about you. You know, so, Somebody thought I was a white supremacist yesterday. But you know what's funny though? Like, is, you don't know is, anything about me, dude. When I went back and I, and I was doing some research on Bill... You know, I got the same thing over and over and over again about minds, minds, minds. So this was a fun conversation, something different. So that was that was fun. If you guys want to check out our stuff, uh, don't. Y'all have a good. One. <laughs> <laughs>